0: Good morning, everybody. Happy Mother's Day. How's everybody doing? It's my first Mother's Day as a grandmother, so I'm extra happy today. I have a little eight-month-old grandson, and we just love him. So anyway, we're all glad you're here. I hope you got your bag of candy. It's for every lovely woman here today, mom or not. So um, we're going to open up with your grace is enough. God is mighty to say is mine so
1: Save her family. And prevent disaster.
0: Mom, we're going to be late for school. I don't think so.
1: Whoa. Experience the phenomenon that critics are calling inspiring.
0: Mom, I can't find number 17. Come on, Billy. Dig deep.
1: A lot of fun. Your genius
0: mom where's my phone table keys. keys bedroom dragon man under the couch, between the monkey and the flip-flop how does she do that
1: created by god to demonstrate his love with grace elegance and poise Honey, have you seen my butane torch? All right. Happy Mother's Day. So unbelievably grateful. Tell you what, if you are not a mother, would you stand up for just a moment? Seriously, if you're not a mother, stand up. If you're not a mother, stand up. And for everybody seated, let's go ahead and give them a hand. This is your standing ovation right here. It is safe to say that without you, moms, none of us would be here, and that is your dad joke for the day, and if you groaned, good. That's exactly what I was hoping for from that, because that's what, anyway, it doesn't matter. Moms, were grateful for you, and, and and we celebrate you today, and yet at the same time, I recognize that Mother's Day is one of those days that has a lot of layers emotionally. Some of us are really, really grateful because we get to be with our mom, and we get to celebrate her today, and all the good memories and all of the the fingerprints that she left on your life. But today can also be a really painful day for a lot of reasons, right? Perhaps it's because your mom isn't with you today. Either there's physical distance or she's no longer with you. She's no longer with us. And today is a reminder of, of, of that love that you are separated from right now. And that's hard. Others of you long to be mothers. I know that there are some people who refuse to come to church on Mother's Day because they don't want the reminder of what they have longed so much for. And it has been unfulfilled, at least at this point, and and it is an ache in their heart. For others, there may be some element of a choice that you made in the past that you look back on now with grief. Perhaps you were pregnant at one point and you decided, no, I'm not ready to be a mom, and you made a decision in that moment or you had your significant other at the time make that decision, and today is a reminder of a painful choice. And if that's you, by the way, I just want you to know we don't want you to carry that alone. And, and we actually want you to find healing even in those past choices. And I have a friend, Angel, who's a part of our church community that specifically has a ministry walking with both women and men who have had abortion as part of their journey, and she would love an opportunity to talk to you. So if that's you... You can just mark on your connection card in the seat backs that you would love to meet Angel. Trust me, you will be blessed by n- not carrying that alone and dealing with some of the pain. But all this to say, Mother's Day is a day that is full of a lot of different emotions, and we want to acknowledge that. And I just want to take a moment to pray for each of us and what we carry in here as we also show our gratitude for our moms. So, would you bow your heads with me? I'm going to pray. Father God, I know that that you have intentionally created us to have women in our lives that pour into us. I think of even the way that Mary left her fingerprints upon Jesus, the word of God that that Jesus, you, you spoke the world into existence and yet it was Mary who left fingerprints in raising up her son. There is no replacement for a mother's love. And God, we acknowledge that today we carry in a bunch of conflicting emotions. Some of it is gratitude. Some of it is grief. And we want to acknowledge all of that and lay it down at the foot of the cross and say, God, would you be glorified? We thank you for our mothers. We thank you that you have raised up others to step in when our moms weren't able to be there. We thank you for the extended circle of mothers. I thank you for the many mothers that help me and continue to speak into my life. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be in with this time with us today. Jesus, in your holy name, amen. Amen. So one of the things that we do every Mother's Day, because it feels like it's a fitting time to do it, is we get to dedicate Children that God has added to our community over the course of the year, whether it be because they were born or because they started attending to the church or simply because their parents, like, you know what, we want to dedicate our children to the Lord. And this is a wonderful thing. It's something I look forward to every year, having the little ones up on stage watching to see if they melt down or whatnot, you know, watching parents and trying to. It's a wonderful time to get to join with these parents. But I want to acknowledge the fact that. As much as we're dedicating these kids, it's actually, it's a little bit of a bait and switch because it's less about dedicating our kids and it's much more about dedicating their parents and others to the task of training these children up in the way that they should go. At some point, our prayer is that each of these kids will make a decision to follow Jesus on their own. And at that time, that's when they will choose to get baptized. But until that time, there are some in here who have said, you know what, I am willing to lean in and I'm willing to invest in the next generation and today is more a dedication of you. We have five kids we get to dedicate from four different families today. Today is more about helping, coming alongside their parents as they declare emphatically that they are willing to accept the, the responsibility to pour into their children's lives because, let's be honest, the parents are the ones who are going to leave the greatest fingerprints on their children's lives. It's the parents who will have the greatest influence on shaping the faith of their children. Our kids learn from us. They learn from proximity way more is caught than taught. And so today what we are going to do is we are going to take some time to dedicate their their parents... And the extended community, us, to the task of raising the next generation of Christ follower. A passage I find myself going to this time of year is found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn there with me. Deuteronomy is the fifth book of the Bible, so it's going to be on the left side of your Bible. It goes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy is, is a book that was written by Moses as the people of God are about to go into the promised land. And this is kind of his last opportunity to commission them as they enter into a place that God had promised them, as they kind of come into what they have been promised. Moses, who is getting really on towards the end of his life, he knows he doesn't have much longer to live. He is commissioning the people of God on how they are to live. In the book of Deuteronomy, he's reminding them of the things that they have learned. And since today is a commissioning of our kids, but more importantly of parents to the task of raising their kids, it feels like this is a fitting place for us to start our conversation. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, we're going to begin reading. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul, and with all of your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them upon your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, and when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols upon your hands, and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses, and upon your gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land he swore to your forefathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give you a land with large flourishing cities that you did not build, and houses filled with all kinds of good things that you did not provide, wells you did not dig, and vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. When you eat and are satisfied, be careful that you don't forget the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. This is what we call the Shema. It is a prayer that Jews all around the world, even to this day, pray three times a day. They pray it in the morning when they wake up as a a way of focusing their thoughts upon the Lord God and reminding themselves that it is He that they, they are following. They pray it in the middle of the day to refocus their minds and their hearts, and then they pray it in the evening right before bed as a way of, even as they enter into sleep, refocusing their minds and their hearts. And there's a couple of things I want us to notice as we read through that passage. First is the implicit, or like the explicit command that we are called to pass our faith on to the next generation. It is not enough for us to simply live out our faith. We're called to entrust it to our children, And to the next generation so that they can pass it on to the generation after them. And this means that we need to be intentional about training up our children in the way they should go. It means that it's not enough for me simply to teach my sons how to keep their eye on the ball. If I don't teach them how to keep their eyes on Christ, I've let them down. It's not enough for me simply to teach my sons how to talk to a woman. If I don't teach them how to talk to God, I've let them down. It's the reminder that our role as parents is the single most important role we will ever accept. That we will ever accept shoulder. I mean, the reality is my role as a father and Kathy's role as a mother is far more important than the career paths that we have walked. Our church can get a new pastor. My boys cannot get a new father. Other people can go get a different marriage and family therapist, but my boys cannot get a new mother. We're it. Now, thank the Lord that there are others that come alongside because we are imperfect parents and we'll get to that in a little bit. But at the end of the day, the most important responsibility we have as parents is to pass our faith on to our children. So that's the first thing I want us to see is that it's not enough simply to have your faith. You need to pass it on. But foundationally to that, the second point is that we cannot pass on something to our children that is not true of ourselves because our kids are very discerning. They, they, They see everything. And they follow our example more than they follow our words. And so before we can pass something on, we've got to first allow it to be true of us. Let's go back to these verses for a moment and look at where it starts. It doesn't start with, teach your kids to follow the Lord. It doesn't start with, pass it on to your kids. It starts with our own hearts. Look at verse 5. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. And with all your soul. And with all your strength. And these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. It starts with your own commitment to follow Jesus. It starts with your own willingness to sacrifice sleep, to spend time with the Lord in the morning. Because if you do not do that in front of your children, then why would you ever expect them to value spending time in God's Word? It looks like considering the way that you interact with your spouse, because why on earth would we ever expect our children to respect? Why would I ever expect my sons to respect their mother if I don't respect their mother? The way that I... interact with them in the home shapes the way they will interact with their mother, with one another, and ultimately in the future with their future spouses. Again, more is caught than taught. And so if we hope to pass something on to the next generation, it begins with us. And that is why I tell you that today is more than just a dedication of children to the Lord. It is that. But it is so much more. Today is a dedication of these families to the unbelievable right and responsibility of raising up the next generation and passing on, allowing their faith to flow through them, to overflow into their homes and into their children's lives so that how they view and interact with the Lord will ultimately shape how their children view and interact with the Lord. That is a great responsibility. And so I I'm excited to share with you that we have four families today that are going to be dedicating five children that are a part of our church community, some of them have have been part of our church for a long time and their children were born into our church community others are relatively new you may not have ever met them or their children before because they've been coming since easter and this is awesome i'm I'm so excited for you get to meet them so i'm going to invite the families to come on forward and come up and bring your kids up here i know your kids have already let us know that they are here but why don't you guys just come and line up up here and i'm going to get out of the way James, Ashley, come on up here. (sighs) You're so stinking cute. Come on up. Why don't you guys come right on up here? All right, James, Ashley, why don't you move over just a little bit? All right, I am going to invite each of the families. So each of these families have um, shared a picture of their child, as well as they've chosen a memory verse. So I'm going to invite each of the families to introduce themselves, introduce your child, and also share the, the life verse that you've chosen for your child. All right. Well, I'm James Moore. This is my wife, Ashley. <laughs> Did I turn this on? Let me make sure it's on. Oh, it is on. <laughs> okay. And then this is Skylar Moore. And she was born on October 6th. And then we decided to go with Romans 12.12 for her verse, and it is be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Awesome.
0: I'm Jen Tanaka. This is my husband, Andrew Novobilski. This is my son, uh, Johnny Novobilski. He's three. Um, You can see he can have pretty crazy hair when he's running. Um, We chose... Uh Romans uh fifteen thirteen, uh may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Mm-hmm. This is Abby Novobilski and we chose Psalm uh twenty five, verse four to five. Make me know your ways, O Lord, teach me your path, lead me in your truth and teach me, for you are the God of my salvation, for you I will wait the all day long. Hi, I'm Christina. This is Brett, and this is our little one, Jackson. Uh, He was born July 28th, so he's almost a year old. Um, Our Bible verse is, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Hi, I'm Corey. This is, what's your name? (laughs) (laughs) Manny. And this is James. Hi. (laughs) We chose John 1, 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the
1: truth. I love it. I love it. We are so grateful for Bye. this opportunity. <laughs> Good job, Millie. Uh, we are so unbelievably grateful that we get to walk with you. And I, before we, we're going to pray over your children and we're going to dedicate them to the Lord in just a moment. But before we do that, I have a couple of questions for you as the these children's parents as the we as a church are committed to walking with you and investing in your kids but i want to tell you from the outset that we can never be a replacement as the spiritual influence in your children's lives that you can place your voice carries far more weight than ours ever will and we are absolutely willing to invest in them walk alongside of you hold you up in that process but you first and foremost, are going to be the spiritual leaders of your children's lives. So with that, I've got some questions for you, three of them, in fact, uh, and I'm just going to invite you, uh, kind of like we would do in a wedding, to respond by saying, I do, if, if what I am saying is the true intent of your heart. So do you commit yourselves to strengthening your relationship with God, recognizing that your children are likely to follow the spiritual example that you set for them? If so, say, I do. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. And do you commit to discipling your children, both modeling and teaching them how to pray, how to worship, how to listen to God, and how to treat others? If so, say, I do. I do. Awesome. And do you commit to leaning on others who will both support and aid you in the training up of your children? If so, say, I do. I do. Okay. I love that. And so now, um, Let me pray over you before we pray over your children, all right? And would you guys extend a hand as church family? Father God, I am grateful for each and every parent that is standing on this stage right now. You know their hearts. You know their desire that their children would flourish. You know the things that they hope for and the things that they fear. And God, we bring all of it to you. Recognizing that parenting is hard. There is no more difficult, challenging thing than to pour into another life, oftentimes when that life doesn't appreciate the sacrifices that we make. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would give them strength. I pray that you would meet them in the midst of the trenches day after day after day. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would be present in their homes that their own walk with you would flourish so that they would pour into their kids out of the overflow rather than out of the dregs. Help yourself to their lives and raise these young men and young women into the men and women you've created them to be through the influence of their parents. I pray these things, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. And now we're going to pray over your kids, but seeing as... You're not raising them in a vacuum, and there are people who are walking alongside of you. I think it would be fitting for those who are closest to you, your family, close friends that have come to be with you today to celebrate and support you. I'm going to invite you guys to come up on the stage and surround your loved ones. And for the Noblinsky's here, I'm going to invite my life group to come up because we are walking with you guys um, and want to just do that. So come on, let's go, come on. This is the interactive portion. You can just sit down. <laughs> That's what you do. All right. And rather than just praying individually over each one, I'm going to invite you guys as a group to just kind of close in and pray over your son or your daughter You as a parent might want to be the one to bless your child. It might be somebody is a part of that group who's going to do it, but let's just bless your children. And Pastor Jeff and I are going to kind of be coming alongside as well and praying over each of you. God, we are just very, very thankful for these children and the others that you've entrusted to our care. We pray now that you, I I so want to say that you would protect them, because as a parent, I I want nothing more than for our children to be protected from the world, and yet, it's in the midst of the adversity that we grow, it's in the midst of the adversity that the character traits that each of us as parents long for our kids to have, patience, patience, and resilience and kindness. And so, Father, I don't pray that you would simply shield them. I pray that you would walk with them. Holy Spirit, would you draw near to our children? Would you sovereignly choose the people that will walk with them and influence them and the friends that they will do life with and be shaped by their proximity? I pray, God, that you would protect them from the lies of the enemy, and of the world that would love to tear them down and try to shape them into its mold rather than them being shaped into your mold, Jesus. So Holy Spirit, I do pray that you would cover these children and that you would be glorified. And one day, I look forward... To each of them making a profession of faith and saying, I choose Jesus as my, not only Savior of my life, but as the Lord of my life. I choose to follow him and allow his example to shape my lifestyle and my values. Would you protect them and would you prepare them to be the adults, the men and women that you created them to be? We pray these things, Jesus, in your holy name. Amen. Amen. All right. All right, my little ones. Miss Marge is at the back. She's going to take you across the street because we're not quite finished, and you guys get to go have fun across the street. So thank you for being in here with us. You guys can go. I'm going to keep you here. Well, as they are making their way back, I got a couple of more thoughts here. What pastor doesn't, right? Um, As a parent myself, I can attest to the fact that what they have just committed to is more than they are capable of doing, particularly more than they are capable of doing on their own. There is no more difficult task that I have ever encountered than raising up young men that are a whole lot like me. That's scary. It's not helpful when you agree with me on that one. That's hurtful, but it's true it's too much for them to be able to handle on their own, but thankfully they are not called to do it on their own. And this, this is where we come in. Again, today is a dedication. We are dedicating these children to the Lord, but we, and we are rededicating these parents to the responsibility that they have said yes to, but it goes beyond just them. It also falls to us. We just read Deuteronomy chapter 6, in which it talks about making sure that our faith is impressed upon our hearts, that we are committed in growing in our relationship with God so that we love him with all our heart, our soul, our strength, and all that, and, and to make sure that the, the things that God has taught us are true of us, that we are obeying before we're calling them to obey. But it might be really easy for those of you who are in here who don't have children, or whose children have grown up and left the home, it might be really easy for you to sit back and say, this has no bearing on me whatsoever because this is the parent's job to raise those kids and it's the pastor's job to help them. My job is simply to get my donut and to get irritated when they interrupt my worship time and to shake my head when I listen to the kind of music they listen to, or as they come flying down the streets on their electric bikes, almost taking off people's doors. Like, that's my responsibility, is to tell the parents how they should train up their children. But that is not. This has as much to do with you as it does with any of these parents. One of the problems we have as American citizens is that we are living in an incredibly individualistic society in perhaps the single most individualistic moment in history. And so we read a passage like Deuteronomy 6 and we conclude it's only dealing with the nuclear family, but that would be a misreading of it. Because the Bible was not penned individualistically. It was not intended to speak solely to the nuclear family. When Moses was giving this directive, the Shema, when he was training them to make sure that your own relationship with God is flourishing so that as you pass your faith on to your kids, it's happening simply by as you're walking along, not just when you're speaking. He wasn't just talking to parents. He was talking to the entire tribe. He was talking to a collectivistic society that recognized that it takes a village to raise a child. Or it takes a village, I should say, to raise a healthy, spiritually mature adult. And that doesn't go away simply because we live in America 2,000 or 4,000 or 6,000 years after these words were penned. We have a responsibility to pour into the next generation regardless of whether or not at the end of the day they will go home with you or they live in your home or they share your last name. You have a responsibility, and we as a church community are tasked with the role of helping train up our children. Our children, they are just as much our children. Now, granted, they're going home with their parents. The parents get to change the diapers. The parents get to figure out college. Thank you, Jesus, right? But, but, We have a responsibility to come alongside of them. And I will tell you that I am the product of a church community that got this. One of the reasons Kathy and I are here at Lighthouse is because it reminds me so much of the church community that I was raised in. I was raised in a church where I had siblings that we don't share the same last name. We are simply part of the same church community growing up together. But to this day, I still consider them my siblings. I still consider them family. And I had a whole slew of men and women who poured into me and invested in me even though I was an absolute punk. I think of, I think of um, Dave and Mel Brooks who put up with me. They were my next-door neighbors. And they, even though my parents had three really rowdy boys, they willingly put a gate in the fence between our houses so that we could come and go and interact with their family and be part of their lives. I still share, I still have the fingerprints of their investment on my life. I think of Bonnie and Keith Brigman. Bonnie's with Jesus today. She's one that we grieve her not being here today. She's one of the mothers that is no longer with us, but I'm so grateful it's not goodbye. It's simply, I'll see you soon. But Bonnie and Keith, And Glenn and Barbie, these these families that came alongside, Ann Owen, where are you, Annie? There you are. These are people who were part of my larger tribe that helped come alongside my mom and my dad because they were given far more than they were prepared for with not just me but two other brothers that were by blood and then three other guys that just decided they were going to come live in the Wayman fraternity right? They had a huge responsibility in training up the next generation, but they didn't do it alone. I'm grateful for the men and women who put up with my immaturity. I'm grateful for the men and women who saw something in me that I couldn't see in myself and who spoke life rather than simply tearing me down. I'm grateful for the men and women who celebrated me when it felt like the world was just trying to tell me how I should be different than who I was. And I, I think of how, even as I grew up and I became a junior higher, that was an awkward season. We've currently got, by the way, got nine, is it nine or 11 junior high boys? We have 11? What? Just yell it out, Hefe. 12. All right, thank you. That wasn't so difficult, was it? We have 12 junior high boys that every Wednesday meet across the street. You want to pray for somebody? Pray for Pastor Jeff. Because because God has placed those boys on Pastor Jeff's heart and said, these are not a burden to you. These are an investment that I'm asking you in your mid-50s to lean in and love these guys and accept them where they're at and speak life. And it's as a father of one of those boys, I'm so grateful that Jeff is pouring into Ethan the same way that others poured into me, because I still bear the indelible fingerprints of the Jeffs in my life. My Jeff was named Don. During my junior high and high school years, Don Springer, who was a retired firefighter, by the way, those of you who are retired, that doesn't mean you don't do anything anymore. It means you get new tires so you can keep going. Right? And you're, you're, I am watching some of you be more busy in your retirement than you ever were when you were actually working. Because now, what your investment is, is is into relationships. It's investing into the legacy that you will leave, which is the, the relationships with these children, with your grandkids. Or maybe they're not even related to you, but you're pouring into them. And right now, Jeff's pouring into my son the way that. Papa Don, that's what we would call him, poured into me. Every Friday morning at 7 a.m., Papa Don would meet with a handful of high schoolers and, and college students over at the omelet parlor. May she rest in peace. We would meet there in a booth because he would pay for breakfast. And we'd love to eat. And he would sit there and he wouldn't come with a, you know, with a message that he'd prepared. He would just come and sit down and he would listen to us and we would process life. We would just share what was going on, share our thoughts, share the things that frustrated us, the, share the things that we w- didn't feel comfortable sharing with our parents. And he, would, he wouldn't preach at us ever, but he would speak words of life and wisdom as somebody who had walked decades longer than we had, somebody who understood life. He poured into us the same way that Jeff is currently pouring into my son and 11 other junior high boys. Yeah, pray for Jeff a lot. That's a lot of work that God has entrusted to him. And I remember thinking to myself when I was in college, man, I want to, when I grow up, I want to be like Papa Don. I want to pour into other people. And God's like, well, why do you have to wait till your 70s and you're retired to start pouring into other people? And that began my path into ministry i would suggest to you that i am a pastor today in large part because of the example of papa don and many many others glenn rouse is another that i can point to and say because of those individuals as well as my own parents and the investment that they made and i am in no way trying to downplay the great responsibility that my parents had in helping raise me i am simply suggesting That my family is far larger than just two parents and a couple of grandparents still living and my brothers. My family is massive. And even today, I look through this room and I see people in here. I see mothers that I call my mom who will call me on my junk. Jeannie is my littlest mother. (laughs) But that just means that she's small but mighty. And man, I'm really grateful for you. And Diane, I'm so grateful for the way that you and Byron have a door open that when I just need to process, I can walk through your door and sit down and Diane will start interceding with prayer and Byron will just go, uh-huh, and grunt. <laughs> he is grunting in the spirit, man. And Dean and Connie, my goodness, I'm so grateful for the ways that, and I, and I know I'm speaking about myself here. But I also think about my children and the ways that you are coming alongside my kids. And I think about those five children that were on the stage and the dozens of others that call Lighthouse home. This, for parents, this is something that is missing in our culture. In a culture where the community is being replaced by Sending our kids to specialists to go, you know, do club soccer here and then go and get some, you know, musical training over here and then go to a a school over there and everybody's kind of going in a million different directions. And moving every couple of years so you never really get to put down the roots. There is something radically missing in our culture. And that is a community that says we are committed to coming around parents and holding them up and coming around children and speaking words of life rather than tearing them down. And guys, I know that like we, for instance, just as an example. We have made a discernible choice to have our junior hires and our high school students sit in this service on Sunday mornings. And I know it's distracting. Lord knows it's distracting to me when I see my son get up and go back and get his fourth donut. And it's like, stop it! <laughs> but it's worth it. Because what, what my son is watching is he's watching not only his parents But he's watching a whole bunch of other men and women worshiping God. There's a reason why on the back of our bulletin every week we have a list of questions. And that is not simply because I have nothing to do during the week. So I might as well just come up with questions. This is to equip you, my church family, to be able to do what Deuteronomy 6 talks about doing. Which is to talk about the things that we have learned as we walk along. As you drive home. As you walk home, as you have lunch or dinner, discuss what we discussed in here because our kids are hearing the same conversations. My hope is that it equips you to have a conversation with them about that. For those of you who have young adolescent children in the home, all I'm saying here today is that the responsibility of raising up the next generation does not solely fall to parents. It falls to us as members of this family. It is a great and heavy responsibility, but it is so worthwhile because, and I'm going to quote George Barna, who's a, soci- a sociologist that specifically focuses on the church. He writes this What we do with children, yours and others, is the most important ministry thrust you will ever undertake why because the moral spiritual and relational foundations of people's lives are determined primarily by the age of 13. the children that just went across the street they are wet cement whose worldviews are being shaped and i'll tell you it's scary some of the ways that the world is trying to shape their views and influence their values. I am so grateful for Sherry and Marge and the many volunteers who have said, I will be present over there and I will invest in them and I will speak into their lives. There's a reason why we made a decision years ago that we wouldn't have child care across the street on Sunday mornings. We have children's ministry. Our children are being taught and trained up, but It is not a replacement for you parents being the spiritual leaders in your children's lives and teaching them the way they should go. But we are there to support you in that process. And again, there is a a reason why we have chosen our junior hires and our high schoolers to be present in this room on Sunday morning. It's not just because I think that they need to listen to me. It's because I want them to watch you and learn from you and to know you. And here's my request I know that our kids can be disruptive, mine in particular, because they're a whole heck of a lot like me. Jeff often talks about the fact that before I think eighth grade, he never saw a, 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 um, a satisfactory or an outstanding an O on his report cards. It was always unsatisfactory, and he just thought that's all you could get was a U. There's hope for our children. If God could use Hefe and I, He can use our kids. He is in the process of training them up. And sometimes the most difficult ones are the ones that, that God has, has plans for. And He's working out the rough edges so that they can come alongside other people with rough edges because there's a lot of you out there. I am truly grateful for the ways this church community loves on our kids. I want to remind you that the investment we are making in the next generation is the most important one that we are making. What does that look like? It looks like some of you being willing to sacrifice one Sunday, being in here a month and choosing to go across the street and invest in little kids. And it might feel like you're just throwing seeds on asphalt that the wind is going to carry away, that they won't remember it, let me tell you, it's more like putting fingerprints on wet clay as it's being shaped by the potter, that being our Lord God, as He he invites you to put, to invest in shaping the next generation. It looks like choosing to pray for the kids in our church community. Guys, they are hurting in ways that you cannot possibly fathom. These last several years have been painful for parents, but more so it's been painful for our kids as they've been isolated, as the world has been crashing into their reality and forcing them to grow up quicker than other generations have had to, as they have things like cell phones and social media that are coming crashing in and leaving new ripples and wrinkles in their lives, and it's only going to get more chaotic. They need your prayers. Mental health has never been more of an epidemic in our children's lives. Suicidal ideation has never been at a greater rise than it is right now. Isolation, loneliness, depression, anxiety, These things are becoming commonplace for our children. Our kids need your prayers. Their parents need your prayers. Your, Your kids and your grandchildren desperately need your prayers. And as you pray for them, this is one of the things I'm going to anticipate will probably happen. God will probably do something in their lives, but my guess is he will begin to shape your heart to be more supple, and more willing to move towards those kids, their parents, your kids, your grandkids, and invest yourself into their lives. Some of you ladies, I loved when you were coming in, we're giving you the bag and we're saying happy mothers. Day. Oh, I'm not a mother, I don't need a bag. It's like, no, 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 no. We want to celebrate you today. There are many of you in here that may never have children that share your last name, but God is still inviting you to leave fingerprints on others' lives, leaning into people. Maybe it's your peers. Maybe it's a coworker, Maybe it's somebody at school. Maybe it's a friend's child. May we be a community of people who say, here I am, God. I want to I join you in what you're doing as we invest ourselves into the next generation. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. But I think that there is no more fitting way to respond to this invitation to let yourselves be part of the family that helps train up the next generation than to let you get to do this real time. So anyone in here who is currently raising a child. Maybe it is your own child in the house. Maybe it's a grandchild that your own kids are having a hard time with, so you're stepping in to help them. If you are currently raising a child in this atmosphere, would you please stand up for a moment? And for those of you who are sitting right now, I'm going to invite you to surround these families, these couples, these individuals, and I want you to extend a hand, and I want to invite you to pray over them. Pray over these parents. Pray over these grandparents. Pray the Holy Spirit would fall upon them and give them supernatural stamina, because Lord, do we need it that God would give them supernatural discernment to know what's going on in the hearts of their little ones and wisdom to know how to come alongside of them. Would you just now surround these families and let's pray over us. Go ahead and do it right now. Thank you. God, I am so thankful for the ways that you invite imperfect people to train up your image bearers. Because if you didn't, none of us would be entrusted as, children, as, as parents of children. I'm grateful for the, the sprawling community of men and women that join us in this task of raising the next generation. Holy Spirit, fill us up. Give us the strength, the wisdom, the discernment, the patience. Help us to love as you loved us. Father God, thank you for the ways that you model loving kindness, grace upon grace upon grace for the ways that you epitomize love. May we love as you have loved us. Jesus, we... Pray these things in your name and Holy Spirit. We do this by your empowerment. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Let's worship together.
0: Jesus. My soul. You're the I'm
1: Guys, I am so grateful that we got to celebrate today. Mothers, thank you for the investment that you make in us. Those who of you, all mothers, whether or not you are the ones that brought us into the world, thank you for the ways that you invest in us and love in us and nurture us, because Lord knows we need it. Um, and if you are one that has come to support uh, one of the families that was up here, I'm so grateful that you're here and I'm grateful for the, the ways you're investing in them. Um, We are, you know, as as people are leaving, you might see people dropping stuff in the offering boxes in the back. We don't ask that you give anything other than letting us know that you're here. We simply want to know you're here so that we can let you know of ways that you can get more plugged in and involved. Furthermore, if you are carrying something heavily that you need prayer for, we love to get to intercede on behalf of our church family. And one of the best ways to let us know about that is with the connection card that's in the seat back in front of you. You can grab that out. You could fill that out. And there's some white boxes in the back. You can drop that in. Um, and then we will be following up and we will be praying over your prayer request throughout the week. One other thing I want to let you know about. Again, as I was mentioning earlier, our children learn from our example more than they learn from our words. More, far more is caught than taught. And so one of the absolute best ways for us to raise up men and women who are willing to join God in what He's up to is for us to model it as families. And so one perfect opportunity for you to do that, either with yourself and your family or your grandkids, is the Love Costa Mesa Serve Day that's coming up this Saturday. There is going to be over a 100 different service projects happening all throughout our city. We're going to gather together as a church community that is, there's 60 different churches. Jesus is the head of all of us, and we all get to work together to love our city. And it has just as much, if not more, of an impact on our own hearts and on the hearts of our children as they learn that service is an act of worship. Just as much an act of worship as singing songs, loving others, and serving them is a way that we worship our God. And so next Saturday, from 8 to noon, we are going to be worshiping our God in deed, not simply in word. Amen. So, (laughs) if you would like to find out more about it, there's these red cards on the table out in in front. You can grab one of them. There's a QR code. You take a picture of that. It'll take you right to the website, which is lovecostamesa.org. There you can sign up for a service project. I would do it today because they're going to fill up quickly. All right? Sign up for a service project and I will see you guys next Saturday. I love you. I'm so grateful we get to be family. Have a wonderful week.